0: Welcome to Street Smart Business Leaders powered by Cloud. I'm Deshaun Ellis, CEO of Cloud, a national public relations and marketing communications firm headquartered in Chicago. We're dedicated to uncovering insights and cultural trends and using them to help business leaders better understand today's consumer. We also invite some of the best minds in business to come on our show to share their insights and experiences. So stick around to the end of this podcast and I'll tell you how you might become a guest on our show in about 15 minutes. So enjoy this podcast and we'll talk soon. Thanks.
1: Uh, Again, welcome. This is the uh, Street Smart Business Leader uh, podcast series. It's a a series that I run um, and I sit down and talk to industry leaders, individuals that are doing unique things, entrepreneurs, that kind of thing, and uh, just get to know them a little bit. and there's usually through that conversation, there's some words of wisdom uh, that my listeners will, will walk away with. And so uh, when we started reading about you and your background and, you know, some of the things that um, you, you spoke to of not wanting to work for someone, wanting to run your own business, that kind of thing, it's like, OK, I want to talk to him because, you know, you know, most people see that that nine to five job as the security blanket. In reality, you and I both know uh, entrepreneurship. It's it's probably the most secure thing you can do because it's you're depending on you. You know, so so anyway, uh, again, welcome to the show. Um, so let's start with tell me tell me a little bit about your background. You know, where you're from. I know you spent some time in the Navy. So uh, give me give give us a little bit of your background.
2: A little quick synopsis a little bit here. Okay, so what made me, I grew up in a small town, all-white town called Cabot, Arkansas. We were the first Black family to move in uh, in that town. Uh, so that was adventurous, and uh, that was uh, uh, the making of me wanting to be an entrepreneur. Uh, from there, uh, you know, and that was in Arkansas. We, uh, I went to college at Tulane University in New Orleans and got an ROTC scholarship.
1: Oh wow! Uh, okay. okay.
2: Yeah, and and the experience in the military definitely, definitely uh, shaped me wanting to be an entrepreneur. And then um, my first duty station was out in San Diego, and you know San Diego, as you probably all know, is like a melting pot of something I've never seen in Arkansas. Growing up, you was either black or you were white. Right now, here you just had. Uh, let's just be real beautiful women of all colors yeah. Oh, yeah. out here. And I was just like, this is where I need to be. This is, right, right. this is it. Uh, after four years, four months and 11 days in the Navy, uh, I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Uh, some of the, you know, continuing racial things that I was going sure. through. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and just like having to please somebody else even though it was like so in some cases is an uphill battle. Some people just don't like you. It may not have to do yeah. with race. It may be just because you told a joke that they didn't like or they <laughs> think you are lazy or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's this communication that we all speak English, but you know, we hear different things. And so I did not like that the guy next to me who wasn't as smart as me, they were holding up as this grand example and here I am busting my tail and I'm nobody. I just I did not like that trying yeah. to prove myself to to get scraps.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
2: and so from growing up in a long way town being treated differently from there to being treated differently in the military led me to go, you know what, I you know I don't even want to try my hand at corporate America. I just I would rather go work for myself, be an entrepreneur, and if that means I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life, then that means I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life. But at least, you know, you know, it's all on me.
1: Yeah. So why, why finance? Would you, uh, so, you know, there's a huge wealth gap in, in this country. Uh, there's little to no generational wealth in, in certain minority communities. Um, managing money. Uh, really anything around money, which is why I wanted to talk to you. It, it impacts entrepreneurs and it impacts everyday folks. You know, we we don't think about money the way we should. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Uh, what's your take on, well, first of all, I would love, love to know uh, why finance, uh, choosing to get into that. And then i love to just, just your take on, you know, the state of finance in the way, you know, uh, our relationship as as people of color with, with money, you know?
2: So, interesting story, why finance? So, you know, and I, I think I can answer both questions. Okay. I, obviously, I was raised by a black father, a black dad, uh, a black mom from the streets of East St. Louis. Finances wasn't really talked about in that household. In my dad's mind, the only way to make money in America was to be a doctor. So it was drilled into me since I was a kid that you're going to be a doctor. I get to Tulane. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. The only problem was I wasn't making the grades. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to to one of my best friend's girlfriend who was pre-med, but she was an older girl. And they were in this apartment full of black women who were all pre-med. And yeah. so I'm going there to get help with which teachers I should get instead of the other. Make a long story short, each one of those women kept asking me the same question as they were going through my course catalog. Are you sure you want to do this? Mm. And then like by the fifth one saying, are you sure you want to do this? I finally like looked at all these beautiful women and you could just see how tired they were.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, uh, a girl at the back named Tamara. Honey looks at me and goes, you know, uh, I I work in the business school at Tulane and they be writing fat checks. Maybe yeah. you should go over there. Took my little cash course catalog up, went over there. And I was just talking about Fred about it. How I chose finance, again, didn't know anyone in finance. I looked at salaries, who made the most money and guess who was at the top? Finance.
1: finance. I chose yeah. finance.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, that, it was just that simple because, I mean, who was I going to talk to? I, right. I didn't know anybody, you know, my family members, I'm, you know, did not have anyone who worked in business in that capacity that was making a lot of money. So I just chose who made the most money. Right. So then when I graduated or I got out of the Navy, why did I go into financial planning? I got a degree in finance. I just thought that was a smart move. Makes sense. <laughs> But, you know, this is, you know, again, going back to, you know, uh, our as black people association with money and being in the know and having that network and having that uncle who can go, oh, you're interested in that. Let me open up this door for you and you can go talk to John, who I've known for years. He'll talk to you. You know, you know, we are just now starting to get that access. Where you know in the 80s, you know, in early 90s, we didn't have as many opportunities to have that access. I agree. And then yeah. even even today, there's only four percent CFPs of black and Latinos in America. Four percent. I'm one of the four. Really? Four percent. Wow. Yes, there's only four percent. And the reason being is is like financial planning is really difficult to get into. Mm. Like, if you don't, if you don't have parents. Who have friends? Who have money? Who are willing to give you some money to manage? Or you know, you don't have a lot of friends who go off to college and make get those big time jobs and things of that nature. It's hard to get into it without like your father leaving you a practice, which is normally what you know usually happens. least not usually, but a lot of yeah. times happens. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so when you look at it and you look at the fifties, the sixties, and seventies, we weren't allowed access to this world yeah and so you know we weren't you know i i we're part of a black financial group within uh the company i'm with and i asked this question was talking about a financial advisor at the happened at any of y'all's dinner table no i didn't even know what a financial advisor was yeah i didn't know what a financial advisor was until one of my friends introduced me to one or let alone what they what they do and
1: you know it i that's real experience for me obviously i know what they do now but early on in my 20s you know you know i got introduced to some financial planners but i I, I felt like i was just giving money to somebody to to manage Deal my, for me right 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 Deal for so, me. but but you hit a very important point um that a lot of us growing up didn't know people that that manage money well um and, and understood uh, how to make your money work for you. And, and to some degree, it's still true today. Um, and do you think that might be why, and again, I'm, this might be a stretch, a lot of our, let's say entrepreneurs have to uh, self-fund their, own, their, their ventures. You know, I, I know guys that, that can easily go out and get VC money because they're comfortable with talking about money, uh returns and those kinds of things and again i may be drawing too much of a broad parallel between the two
2: um i think that i think they. But, i read the other day like 95 percent of black businesses are sole proprietors yeah
1: yeah and I mean. and even now running my own business my relationship with money it's it's changing but um you know i you know understanding how to make your money work so if you were you were talking to a group now um about i, I think on, on the surface we understand that hey you you need to save you need to pay your debt you need to but you know the things that you're talking about are on a different level of how to make your money work for you explain what you mean when you say that i guess
2: so you know one of the first things i try to teach people is how to actually budget right <laughs> right right yeah. okay. I mean, I mean, without that, there's nothing. And then the other part of it is like goal planning and like figuring out what their goals. So like a lot of things that I'm talking about now is what is a male role in a household and what men should be thinking about when they're trying to run their house. Um, And so I think men should be thinking about what's next, you know. So, okay. Uh, We're about to buy this house. I know that my wife is going to want certain couches, certain pictures on the wall, certain paintings. How much is that going to cost? Do we have the money for that? Have we saved up for that? I know my kid, I'm looking at my uh, uh, kid's teeth. They crooked, man. We're going to need some braces. We need to da-da-da-da. So the next level stuff is just like really thinking about and, and creating a space for yourself so that you can think about the next level stuff. So, like, when clients are working with me, you know, it always trips them out. They come in, like, they'll be married, and they bring in this beautiful baby girl who's a one-month-old. And, like, see our mom. Look at our beautiful little girl. And I go, all right. Sounds like we need to plan for a wedding. Mm. That's that next level. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so the, the thing I want people to realize is that wedding is going to come. And you're going to want to pay for that wedding. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be present at the wedding, not worried about money. I want you to walk your little girl down the aisle, give her a kiss on the cheek, be happy for her. And when the bill comes, you're just like, hey, Armand, drop the money in the account. Done. Okay. And so that's the next level stuff. You know when we start talk, talking about you know S P five hundred and stuff that I can't really get into, but when you start talking about index funds, this that that's not the next level stuff because when people come in to see me, they haven't saved enough for really anything, right? So the next level stuff is really trying to be forward thinking, instead of being in the rat wheel. Really go, okay, what is next for us? What is what is my family going to want next? What are we going to want to do? What's the next vacation that are we going to want to take? And what does retirement look like for us? And how do I create this income? That's that next level stuff.
1: Oh, so I see what you're saying. So if you, you know, it's kind of like in business. If you you, you set your, your long-term goals and everything you do should be heading towards, should be getting you one step closer towards those long-term goals. So so would you say, uh, talk to me about just a, a basic budget. You know, when you, you, you said, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't want to assume the folks that will see or listen to this podcast, they understand what you mean by that. So when you say folks need to budget,
2: what what do you mean by that? So, you know, just a small little plug. If you subscribe to my website, The Financial Effect, there's videos that will be sent to you on how to create the budget that I'm talking Love about. it. So one, um, you need to have a budget. So I'm going to assume you're the saver in your family. I don't know if you're married, but I'm assuming... Yeah. Yep. You're the saver in the family. Yep. And the wife, on the other hand, typically does not care at all. She just needs to know how much money she needs to spend. That's all she cares about. When can I get this thing that I want? That's typically how it works. Sometimes it rolls reverse, but someone's a spender, someone's a saver. Yep. And so what you need to do is create a budget so that both of you guys can be happy. And what I normally do is I, I separate the accounts. I create an envelope system with the checking accounts. And so there's a spending account, there's a main checking account, there's an emergency savings account, there's a pay cash account, and then there's a travel account because everybody wants to travel. And then we set up automatic transfers and we give in the spending account, we set up an allowance for the family every single month. Oh, I see. I see. And so the wife can log in and go, oh, we have $1,000 left to spend for the rest of the month. Cool. And you can't say anything. So she decided to buy the extra special edition Starbucks coffee brand. It's still within the budget. Fine. It's when the credit card goes negative that Michonne can, you know. Right. 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 Now, because that so. same,
1: could that same philosophy be transferred over into, you know, uh, someone running a business. Meaning, you know, could you could you apply that same principle, I guess, too, because
2: it's what's coming in and what's going out, right? It is. And so I will say this. So when you create this budget, um, it puts a cap on your spending Mm. so that when you get that pay raise, it doesn't get sucked up. And you can take that pay raise and start putting it towards investments and savings and things of that nature. Because once you upgrade your significant other, there's no turning back. So as soon as you get that pay increase. It's your job, if you the financial leader of the household, to be like, oh, I'm taking that out of our budget now. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to figure out, oh, and this system works great. So I separate my pay from the rest of my family. I do So I same. have a business checking account and a business savings account. And I have dedicated giving my family, let's just say $3,000 a month. That's what I pay my family, whether or not I make. $20,000 or I make 1,000. I need to figure out a way. If I got to go out and, you know, <laughs> right, buy an Uber car, do it at hustle, whatever I need to do. My job is to give my family $3,000 per month. But if I got $100,000 sitting in my business checking account, you don't get to touch it. What that allows me to do is build my business in a, uh, to a safe place where I feel comfortable, where I can run my business and take care of my family Mm -hmm. and you don't get to touch this if i decide to peel off some of this hundred thousand dollars and give it to the family or bonus them out is what you know we call it in my household then we can do that the one thing that's going to run you out of business is your family spending
1: interesting i believe that
2: so i mean i mean and so if you can't control you know uh, you know, if you can't sit here and say, hey, OK, I'm going to make I'm going to give my family three thousand dollars a month. That's all I'm, you know, and your wife deposits her check in your know, checking account. And maybe it matches hers or whatever the case may be. But this is what I'm dedicating to, because what I found was when I made a, uh, when I first started getting married, when I made a good month, my wife was like, oh, but we need money for the, that's that's oh, that's the couch. Oh, but we need money for the. Da, 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 but we need da, 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 the da, da, da. And extras, so I'm the extras. Yep. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, and so then the next month I don't have the money, and she's just like, "Well, you know, sell an annuity or you know whatever the case may be, go out there and hustle some more." I'm like, "But you took all of my cushion, so you have to set like boundaries and processes so that your family can finances can run congruently, and that's why I say the budget is most important because you need to figure out how your money your family spends, and then you need to put a cap on how much your family spends so that when you guys do get that pay increase, you can put it towards other things. You can start paying off debt. You can start doing other things. It won't happen until uh, you do that. I, I saw it, you know, you see it in the military, you have Lieutenant JGs, Lieutenants, and you know, and they get a pay increase, right? They get this pay increase. Well, and let's just say it's like a thousand dollars a month pay increase within, I would say two months they couldn't go back to living on the Lieutenant JG pay. Uh-huh. They couldn't yeah. lose that thousand yeah. dollars because now all of a sudden that thousand dollars just got sucked up into no place where you should be continuing to live off of less than a thousand dollars. Yeah. If you were able to make it with on it on less, yeah. then you should be able to continue to make it off of that.
1: That's smart. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think, again, the folks that are listening to this, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. And you said something that was big for me is don't mix the, and it's obvious, don't mix the, the business, you know, or have the two separate checking accounts and stick to that budget of the allocation to your family. So if it's three grand, to use your example, that's all we're doing. We're not going to peel off for of this and peel off for of that. And we're all guilty of that. Lord knows I, I've done that. And um, and it's it created some situations to your point. And so, uh, you know that's that's sage advice for sure. So so talk got, about your business. I got I got
2: dragons sitting in front of my baby. Like, like this is the, <laughs> this is the north right here, baby. Uh, oh yeah, yeah there you me. go. <laughs> what's this? What's this transfer? Oh no! <laughs> I love it. I love
1: it. So so tell me about your business. Um, uh, you know, how are you doing? How are you enjoying being an entrepreneur? What what have you learned that you didn't realize? You know, you needed to know before you started it. So, you know, folks that are interested in going into your field, what would you tell them? You know, so, you know, you got a 20 something year old getting ready to make to take the same path you took. What would you what would you say to him or would you, you say know, to I- your younger self, you know?
2: So the, the, uh, you know, I just had an interview with a young lady who was interested in getting in the field and, you know, you, you don't really have very many options. There's a lot of, uh, uh companies out there that you can work for. That's going to basically make you sell life insurance, um, in order to, you know, talk to people about investments. It's not even really about investments. It's about selling life insurance to any and everyone to try to make some money. I don't like the dog on those people at all. They do have their purpose. They do do good. It is good for people who wouldn't talk to anyone, anyone uh, otherwise, um, but not necessarily how I would start. Um, you know, I would try to go work for someone and work underneath someone and be their DCS or not, not DCO, but administrative assistant, uh, get my license underneath them, try to build my own clients, clientele underneath them, Mm-hmm. uh and, and do that uh if i was going to do it there are companies that you can go to if, if you can't find something like that then the company that i'm talking about where you kind of build and do it that way that's definitely a way to kind of get your feet wet get started um the biggest advice i would give to you is the same one that mark cuban said if i had to start it over all over again um, i would live in a studio apartment with a raggedy car with no money and I would just do whatever. I would drive an Uber and work as a financial advisor, trying to build my practice. Yeah. Uh, that's just yeah. what I would do. Um, yeah. I would keep my expenses low. I would Jamie Fox it and go to a Chinese all-you-can-eat Chinese food <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> um, and you know, and I think that's just what you would do if an if entrepreneur. I, I, you know, I love my wife, but I would not have had a girlfriend, a wife. Uh, I would not have had no children. That's I would all right. put yeah. all that off and focus in on my business, doing my thing, because, you know, I can do that later. And that's speaking as a man. I know it's different for women. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, hey, you know, let let your man provide for you. I mean, if I, if I had a you know a wife who was making plenty of money that could have taken care of me while I built my business, I'd go that route, too. Oh, I, I have no
1: shame. I would totally be about that, too. And I, I would have started earlier it, you know, um, it, you know, listening to you talk to me, it, it I agree with all of that. And I would have started on this journey a lot earlier than I, than I did. I, I didn't start really going out on my own until my mid thirties. And so I would have, I would have started what I know now. It starts sooner, you know, um, with something like this. So, so what, the, what's the, what is the future hold for you, man? Like what's, 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 What's in it for our mind? What, what, what's what's you know, short term so, as, as, you know, work and and what you're hoping to do and you know all that good stuff. So
2: before we move on, I would like to say I would focus in on businesses that create residual income. So whatever business I decided to go into, especially during this pandemic, right. uh, I saw a lot of companies that were able to stay open because they have residual income, people who have membership subscriptions, things of that nature. So, you know, look for, you know, I, I personally wouldn't be a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or something like along yeah. those lines because yeah. 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 I have to grind it every month and there's no, no end in sight. Whereas yeah. no, I would, I would choose a
1: business overall. Like, Professional services, when you say that's the, the business, you know, and I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the pandemic, it, it, it shook a lot of stuff. And I, I think that's a smart comment uh, and advice as far as residual uh, income. That is yep. a, smart.
2: And and if you don't get to start there, be thinking about how you're going to create it. <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm a mortgage broker, but all right, what can I get into that is... Adjacent to what I'm already doing, that I can create residual income with, like I, you know, I, me and my wife talk about opening up a wine shop. I'm going to definitely have a wine club membership because that's going to have residual income coming in. And so,
1: I would be a member because I'm a, a lover of red wine. You know, I, I'm a big red wine guy. So you, you, you see, I'm out to San Diego.
2: <laughs> you come hang out with me, man. I could yeah, we can do, we can do some dirt. You know, we can do yeah, some yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for Armand? So right now, you know, life is, you know, good. So good. In fact, that sometimes you, you walk around the corner waiting for the shoe to (laughs) drop. Like, (laughs) is it supposed to be this good? Is it supposed to be this great? Um, so, you know, I created the blog, the financial effect, because I wanted to kind of outreach to, uh, a lot of the underserved people. Um, I, I I find it unfortunate that maybe 10 of my clients are black and Mm. most of them are white. Mm. Um, uh, and you know, I've, I've, you know, not from lack of trying, <laughs> but well, you know, yeah, the fact yeah. of the matter is I'm something new.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 want that to happen. And then the other thing is I actually am looking to buy another financial planning practice and maybe bring some other financial advisors underneath me to learn from me to, you know, impact that 4%. Uh, and I want to teach, uh, other, uh, people how to get this life and impact the black community in a positive way so that's where i'm trying to go now obviously it's always tough doing that because you don't you know i like my life and i don't want anything to disrupt that life and you know i always tell people you always have to have a barometer and my barometer is my three little girls and so and time is a big factor So I'm always trying to make sure that nothing steals away from my time from them. But at the same time, you know, as they get older, they're going to need less time with me. And I would also like to be able to look around me and have not only impacted my clients, which I feel like I make my clients better parents. Uh, I make their children better. I think me being an example to their children as a black man who's educated, who's helped their family, I think that's important. Um, and on top of that, you know, and, and when I go to their college graduations, I'm, you know, I said to one of the kids the other day, I helped with that. Hey.
1: are <laughs> <laughs> oh, using the <laughs> I invested in that too.
0: Hey,
2: <laughs> I, I got your parents <laughs> to invest in you. You get a that. <laughs> hey, stop. That's why you don't have to get a job because You're right, I right. did that. <laughs> That's but that's the kind of positive impact that I want. And I want right. to expand upon that. But I also want more Black faces in this community because I want more people to be in the know. And I also don't want people to be afraid. You know, I've interviewed other Black men to, you know, hire me, you know, and I charge a fee and everything along those lines. And yeah. they just, you know, they don't understand why they would pay me to help them. And it's, it's just a new thing. and And it's not not something that I'm upset about because I was there. No, I remember sitting in front of a financial advisor and I'm like, I'm going to pay you to do what? Yeah, no, nah,
1: man. <laughs> it's the unfamiliar. And I, I think you're right. At some point, the, the tide will turn to where we are, you know, you know, making our money work for us the way other groups do. You know, and that's just the reality of it. Uh, but I believe that's why the, the wealth gap is so big. It's mismanagement of money. Because if you were to take a walk with me down to Michigan Avenue uh, and there's a Gucci store, the line around the block is the line is around the block. And most folks standing in there are uh, people of color getting ready to spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. Nothing against Gucci. I I like the brand. But the mismanagement of money. And again, it's just one man's opinion um, is is a big problem, which is why. Uh, most times, they may not see the value in, in hiring someone like you uh, to help them because that means we may have to change the way we're living. You know, <laughs> and,
2: and, and, you, know and you know. And you know, that's a you know. There's a deep-seated history behind you know that too, where you know we weren't allowed to have or get. To do yeah, some yeah. of the things, so that was the thing that we got to have. We got to have yeah. the nice clothes, and this idea to show that we are doing well. We made so, it, man. Yeah, we you know, yeah. we yeah. can't act like segregation, slavery, Jim Crow, and all those other didn't impact our culture in a way that we are still in 2021 trying to unwind. And I would argue that's how
1: why we we have such a interesting relationship with money. I, I agree with that 100. So, so. Uh, my crew, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for coming on Street Smart. Uh, business leaders, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, what I will do is let you know when this runs. Um, and I'll see a link so you can share it. We're going to put it on all our social media channels. I'll promote it on my LinkedIn, too, that you and I spoke. Let's make sure, I think I sent a LinkedIn uh, uh, request to you. Let's make sure you and I connect. And I'm a big believer in, man, if I, I know people within my network that you would like to meet, I don't mind making introductions because if, you know, if I can put you on, you never know later on, you might say, Hey, I know someone in marketing, you know, that, that needs something. So that kind of thing. And, uh, and that's how it works. So, so anyway, but thank you so much. Really appreciate it and, uh, good luck to you and, uh, let's keep in touch.
2: All right. Yes, sir. All
1: right. Take care, bro. See you.
2: Bye.
0: All right. Hi, Michelle Ellis here. Thank you so much for listening to Street Smart Business Leaders. If you're a successful business leader and you'd like to be on this program, please visit our website at cloutllc.com slash podcast slash apply. And we'll take a look. And if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on your social media. Just simply take a screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and be sure to include our hashtag, uh, street smart business leaders. I love seeing your posts and and guest suggestions. So please help us out with that. And also we're regularly putting out episodes and content. So to make sure that you don't miss an episode, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long way to helping us promote the show. And it means a lot to my team. So thanks for that. And if you want more, Go to our website or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. On Instagram, my my handle is Michonne underscore Ellis, so you can find me pretty easily. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk next time.